Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 to 17. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor even now that you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who gives speech to the mortals? Who makes them mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be your mouth and teach you what you are to speak. But he said, O my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, What of your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he can speak fluently. Even now he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, his heart will be glad. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you what you shall do. He indeed shall speak for you to the people. He shall serve as a mouth for you, and you shall serve as God for him. Take in your hand this staff with which you shall perform the signs. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 to 10. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yesterday, I was uh, really, really impressed uh, by uh, the coffee house, community hour. Uh, I saw the potential uh, of this community. Uh, what can we uh, do, actually, when we uh, gather our resources together and our spirit together? I think we can do so many amazing things. So. Uh, I really uh, am thankful uh, for the people who organized that. And also, uh, I thank you for the spirit of generosity. I sensed that yesterday, the spirit of uh, generosity. Uh, you know, as you put some of your talents and resources together, we can build this community uh, very well. And many people, I'd like to thank, but uh, Marcello, thank you very much for the <laughs> generous uh, uh, gift of uh, your art. Uh, and when we first said, uh, you know, art on, uh, at the uh, fundraising, uh, don't get sold very well, uh, always, but his art is uh, sold. Everything is uh, sold, and I bought one. And I just, I'm amazed at how you do that. How you do things like that? Is it in your brain or is it in your? <laughs> it just boggles my mind. I don't even know how to put on that tag to put on the wall. <laughs> you gotta help me. <laughs> so I was uh, quite impressed uh, by that. And then today we are uh, ordaining three elders, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Michelle, and Simon, you are going to define new way of uh, looking at Jesus, 
looking at church. I think uh, you will define new ways of doing ministry, not just within the church, but outside of the church. You'll bring uh, justice, peace, and also great love of God in a very fresh new way. And I'm very, very looking forward to uh, your leadership uh, for the church. And we have nine elders, and these are the pillars uh, who will make difference, not only in this church, but uh, outside uh, for the world. So I'd like to invite all the elders, including three uh, new elders, stand up for a moment. Can you stand up? Please. What is missing? Oh, yeah, Michelle back there. Okay. Yeah. Okay, these nine people are the ones that you have elected uh, to be your leaders. And I am really thankful for their generosity uh, and uh, contribution to making this church. Uh, the church uh, that defines new history, church that defines new ministry, the church that defines new humanity. Uh, and I hope that uh, all of us work together so that we can build. This is a life that God has uh, uh, painted, and that is the kind of life that we are going to promote. Not the life that world has painted, we have been blinded so many years. So these are the people who do that. Thank you very much. Be seated, please. <laughs> and leadership is very important. And so uh, for that sense, i uh, like to share with you about uh, leadership. Uh, I chose two people who are uh, the people who make the difference, who define new ministry, actually. Uh, they are uh, Moses and St. Paul. These two people are not just uh, uh, leaders who maintain. They were not managers who just maintain uh, what is going on, but they're the ones who brought about new history. Like Moses brought about new history about Israel, uh, taking them out of Egypt. St. Paul built a church, and he was the one who started a new kind of movement. Some people say that Christianity actually began with St. Paul because Jesus never wanted to build new religion in a way. Jesus came to us to teach us about what good life should be, and St. Paul kind of translated Jesus' teaching into uh, church, uh, church's uh, understanding. Uh, so he's the one, he, he wrote uh, half of the uh, New Testament. So he was the one who defined uh, new ministry. Uh, and then Moses, also same thing. So uh, we even think that uh, from Moses, uh, uh, the Messiah will be like uh, Moses. Uh, so these two people I've chosen to uh, think about. Great leaders, big people, who have influence, who had profound influence on many, many people. 
uh, in history, uh, not just in the church, but in history. And these two people, when I look at their leadership, uh, it is strange. They didn't, both of them didn't fit, didn't feel that they fit for the ministry. Moses said this, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor even now that you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses didn't think that he fit for the ministry. And St. Paul said exactly the same thing. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle. These two great leaders felt that they were unfit for the ministry. And then seeing that, I realized that Christian leadership is not about my ability or my confidence in my ability. That's what I realized. Ah, Christian leadership is different. Yes, God wants to bring about changes in the world through the leaders, but not using their capability necessarily. God uses more of their humility than capability. As Christian leaders, we don't display our own power and strength and ability. We display God's power and God's strength and God's wisdom. We don't have brilliant ideas or power to do what God wants to do. We often feel overwhelmed. Every day I feel overwhelmed. Every moment I feel unfit for this huge, giant work that God wants to do uh, through the church. That's how I feel almost every day. So we don't have, within us, we don't have that capability to do that. Then how does God work to achieve what he wants to do? What he wants to achieve? This is what I realized. God works by changing the leaders themselves. That's how God works. God works very powerfully transforming each leader. And through that transforming power, he transforms others. That's how God works. Moses was weak. He felt unfit. He could not speak. He wasn't eloquent, He's, he felt. But God worked through him with a tremendous transforming power. Same thing, St. Paul. God works through St. Paul with his transforming power. Whoever wants to be a leader has to go through this kind of change, through the transforming power 
of God. They are the leaders. You know, sometimes some people misunderstand their leadership. Oh, you know, I work hard, but because I'm leader now, I don't need to change. I got to go out and then change other people. That's not how Christian leadership works. Christian leadership, as we become leaders, we change more and more and more. And through that, change occurs. So change is contagious. When I change, my family changes. When I change, my community changes. When I change, the society changes. When I change, the world changes. I may not be able to change others, but I can change. We are not here to go out and change other people. No one can change anybody else. Only when I change, they change. If parents change, children will change. Don't try to change your children when you don't change. Some people say this ridiculous thing. I don't go to church, but I want you to go to church. Oh, I don't come to church for my sake. I come to church for their, uh, my children's sake. Doesn't make sense. When we change, people around me changes. We have Alex here. Uh, remember? Alex, uh, uh, he once came to uh, TBS, Tuesday Bible study. Uh, we were uh, talking about uh, the theology and all that. And this was what he said. And we were all amused and then uh, pleasantly surprised by the wisdom of that. Trying to change somebody when you yourself don't go through that change is violence. How true that is. He is right here. <laughs> Person who gets at that wisdom. Try to change somebody when you yourself don't change is violence. How much violence we commit. That's what Pharisees did. They didn't want to change, and then ultimately, they, they tried to change other people. Ultimately, they killed Jesus. There's an old gospel song, which I used to sing all the time. So we'll sing after uh, the sermon. It's me, O Lord. The uh, words go like this. It's me, it's me, O Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. That's right. It's me, not anybody else, in need of prayer. I think last week, you know, I speak so much these days, so I don't know where I sp sp spoke something, right? But probably here, I think I said that. Uh, I said, you know, being happy is moral responsibility. Did I say that here? Yeah. Being happy 
is the moral responsibility. When I'm happy, others become happy. When I'm unhappy, we make everybody else miserable. When I change, other people change. When you come home, when you have bright smile, you make everybody else smile. But when you come home with all oh, this frown, you come home, everybody, all of a sudden, you become so dark and depressed. So being happy is a moral responsibility. Change, whatever change happens within me, brings about change in other people. Instead of trying to make changes, we let the grace of God working in me so that that same grace may work in other people. This is what St. Paul confessed. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me, within me. Real change happens when grace of God works, not when I work. Only when grace of God works, then real change happens. We all feel that we are not good enough. As I shared on Friday, we live in the culture of scarcity. As somebody said, the first thing we say when we wake up is, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. And the last thing we say as we, as we hit the pillow is, oh, I didn't get enough done. As soon as you wake up, until you die, we are not enough. We live in the culture of scarcity. But we are, we are thankful because we are changing by the grace of God. We are good enough. You are good enough by the grace of God. Michelle, Simon, Chris. You are good enough by the grace of God. You may feel that I'm unfit for the ministry, but you are good enough when there is God's grace. All of us are good enough when God's grace works within us. That is a spiritual leadership. And that kind of leadership only can bring about change deep within a person. We are not interested in institutional change. We are interested in the change of the soul of each person. And I'm very thankful for the leadership in this church. Let us sing together that is me, is me, O Lord. And then we'll do the uh, ordination.